This is the Blue Bomber Podcast with CFL Hall of Famer and my broadcast partner, Doug Brown. He was gone. He was off to the races. Just when you thought it was going to be a huge play, a big missed field goal return up the left. Talk about an explosive, sudden change play. This place is deadly quiet right now. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com. Hey, hey, it's G-Mac along with Doug Brown. It is the Blue Bomber Podcast, your weekly look at all things Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You can listen to the post-game show, the pre-game show, the broadcast, but you will not get the stuff on those broadcasts you get here. You get Doug Brown unfiltered every single week. And Doug, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers go to Montreal this week and lay a licking on the Montreal Alouettes. 56 points in the four column 10 points in the against column. Could you have ever predicted that? That was a tough one. You did not see that coming uh, down Main Street for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Montreal Alouettes, obviously, uh, historically, over the last few years, have had a a pretty strong defense in spite of their struggles on offense and uh, the, the lack of continuity they've had offensively and the lack of, you know, just take a shot at Darren Durant. Um, the very poor quarterbacking they've had Offensively, but anyways, yeah, it was. Uh, that's what made it so impressive, and that's what was such an eye opener about it. Is you're like, okay, the strength of this team, at least Montreal, is what they do defensively. You look at the roster; some very uh, accomplished players on there, and from the very first drive, they just handed it to them. Right? They marched up and down the field all night, and uh, Streveler continued to build off of what he started against uh, Edmonton at home. And looks like he uh, definitely took more than the requisite baby steps going forward, that's for sure. Two 95-yard drives on Friday. One resulted in a touchdown, the other in a field goal. Time of possession was completely lopsided. And when you're on the defensive side on the ball, tell me the benefit of having your offense out on the field like that and how it allows you to do some things that you might not otherwise be able to do. Well, right from the start of the game, right? It was an eight-minute drive or something like that. And then the defense came on the field, and it was two and out. And all of a sudden, the offense is back on the field putting together. You know, it's just that kind of a start for the opposing team. They're reeling immediately. All of a sudden, their defense is gassed. They have to go back out in the field. Their offense isn't supporting them. They're not complimenting them. By getting a two, they don't need. You don't always need your offense to score points, but when you've been on the field for eight minutes and and you know marched up and down the field, you at least need some foot, uh, some first downs put together. You know, move the ball a little bit, give us a breather kind of thing. So it starts snowballing on the Montreal Alouettes right away in that game, and uh, uh, it's just tough. It's a tough scenario, but yeah, defensively, when you're on the Blue Bomber defense, your offense is playing ball control like that and just owning the clock and time of possession. Uh, it just, you know, it's like starting the game. Every series you go out, you're so much fresher. The energy is there. Uh, you're you're not really drained. And it's just uh, it's a novel way to play the game when one phase is so dominant. It just It's a trickle-down effect for, for how it really benefits your defense. And it's one of those few games that I think, you know, a lot of times in the CFL, you can win a football game if one of your phases is dominant. You can win a football game if two of your phases play pretty well. 
But we saw in this game, we saw all three phases where the Winnipeg Blue Bombers play outstanding football and clearly outclass their opponents. And that's why you got to score a discrepancy of 46 points because every single phase out there was better than their counterpart in Montreal. Yeah, one thing lost in the win, of course, when you score this many points, field goals don't matter, but Justin Medlock was 4 for 4. The Blue Bombers, just to pick up on your idea that all three phases were clicking, Doug, the Blue Bombers blocked a punt that's set up a very short touchdown run for the Blue Bombers. So all phases exactly right. Clicking on all cylinders. Chris Strebler, I mean, people are going to be sick and tired of hearing about this guy pretty soon, but what can you say about a guy that goes 22 of 28 for 246 yards, three touchdowns, maybe the more important statistic, zero interceptions in his second Canadian Football League start. And what we saw from Strevler in terms of using his legs, 10 rushes for 98 yards. And it's not panic running. It's running strategically. It's running when the opportunity presents itself, running when all your other options have been taken away. Or running instead of throwing the ball up for grabs or throwing into a situation. Chris Strover, you talked to him after the games. He talks all about the pictures he sees, right? That's that's kind of his buzzword for how he explains his experiences on the field. I got to get used to seeing these pictures. The picture wasn't there kind of thing. And, you know, when that picture is not familiar to him, he has that ability to just continue on. Don't put the ball up for grabs. You have a very uh, effective weapon in terms of your scrambling and running ability. So just go with that. And it's a much safer. Obviously, he learned about ball security. I think the very first game he ever carried the ball. So uh, it's... Uh, you like to learn those lessons in the preseason, but right now, I mean, even though the play calling, the way Paul Apolice is having him roll out one way or the other, so already you're cutting the field in half. Uh, his reads and the progression he has to go through is already limited to part of the field, so it's simplified form, right? You're not scanning the entire field now. Your your uh, your reads and your progression that you're going through is not across the entire width of a, of a CFL field now. Now it's limited. Now it's cut in half, and if it's not there, then you just continue. He's already running with the ball, and he's so comfortable running and throwing on the run. It's just a natural, you know, I think that's what Paul Apolice has done very well in, in terms of how he's utilized Chris Trevler and how he's really enhanced his skill set he simplified things at the same time. Um, he's really maximized and endorsed what he does well. So we've heard the players uh, all around Chris Strebler for the last three weeks going into the first game. And then now as we make our way towards Hamilton coming up on this Friday, is it just a bunch of bullshit when players say the whole, you know, yeah, he carries himself in a certain way and we've got confidence in him. You know, it sounds like they've rehearsed a script in terms of how they're going to present their opinion on a young quarterback. But I got to tell you, it sounds real to me. What is it? Is it is it is it rehearsed? Is it bullshit? Is it genuine affection for this guy? Is he building credibility with his teammates already? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're never going to get teammates to come out and and say the the counter to that, anyways, right? And and it's easy when times are good and you're winning to to you know bestow compliments on someone. For me, though, you know, a rookie player has never really arrived until that fourth or fifth consecutive consistent game, right? We have this saying in football that the first time something happens out in the field as a new player, it's a fluke. If it happens again, it's a coincidence, right? So that's where we are right now. He had a pretty good game against Edmonton, got even better, 
against Montreal, but hey, that's just a coincidence, right? If it happens against Montreal, or sorry, if it happens against Hamilton on Friday, then you have the beginning of a trend, okay? If it happens a fourth and or a fifth time, then you have attributes and a characteristic of an identity for a player. You're like, oh, okay, this guy, we've seen a five or a six game sample, which is almost, which is a third of the season, uh, essentially, and you can start saying, you know, we know what we're going to get on a game in and game out basis from this guy, and he's going to perform and these are his traits. This is what he does. We know he's going to run. We know he's not going to hopefully throw the ball up for grabs. These are some, we've seen the beginning of some of these habits that he's had over these first two regular season games. By week four, by week five, if he's still doing these things, then that's who we know Chris Strebler is. If he goes to Hamilton next week and throws three picks and no touchdowns and fumbles the rock once, then you're like, okay, He's still a rookie. He's still growing. We still know who this guy is, right? But once you string together consistent games where there are identifiable features of what you're doing on the field, that's how you can say, okay, we know what we got here with this guy. He's a professional football player now. He's just not a rookie trying to find his way who's taking advantage of certain mismatches in a game and stuff. So that's, uh, in my mind, how new players cut their teeth and become established in Canadian football. If he does this for four or five, six games, and I don't, I'm not trying to stir anything up, but what do you do? Is Chris Strevler in position to, uh, you know, get Matt Nichols to take an extended uh, knee here? Or is there any question what you do when Matt Nichols is healthy? Does this simply just allow the Bombers, if things progress in a, in a certain fashion, does it just allow the Blue Bombers to not rush back Matt Nichols into the lineup? Well, I don't think they're going to anyways, no matter what, knowing it's not a season-ending injury. So obviously it just makes them that much more comfortable to listen to the doctors, to listen to the trainer. Uh, You never want to just listen to the player in terms of how he's feeling, so on and so forth. You know, watch that knee. Is it swelling after practice? How does he, does he look limited out there? Uh, should he get one more game? It just gives you flexibility is what it does, right? And, uh, you know, to answer your question, you just have to think about who the head coach of this football team is, right? He uh, There's probably still a part of Mike O'Shea that wishes Drew Willie was on this team, okay? He's very <laughs> stubborn man, very loyal, though, to his yes, players, to yes, a fault, right? Yes. So, yeah, um, while this is great for the team, for depth, for competition, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, you know, this is definitely an eyebrow raiser, I'm sure, for Matt Nichols is watching this performance with interest. And, uh, you know, you're competitive as an athlete, so you always want to make sure the guy behind you, you know, recognizes that there's a reason he's there. So it's great to have someone step up and provide that that assurance or that possibility that uh, you know, if things aren't going well or there's someone gets nicked up or banged up, that there's a, there's a plan B in town. But it's going to take a long time and a lot of consi- – I mean, I think about it. You talk about a seven-game winning streak. That's kind of how Nichols – defined himself uh, his first opportunity to really start a a stretch of games uh, in this offense with these chess pieces around him he went and ripped off a string of wins and you've got two playoff games with him under your belt which he performed very well and those are a whole lot of experiences and memories and accomplishments just to ignore because a young player's got a hot hand 
and you know quarterbacks are uh excitable features of a football team well you know and let's face it even after those seven wins there were all sorts of discussions about whether or not Matt Nichols was for real was he the quarterback that the Blue Bombers could build their franchise around there were a lot of questions at every turn so after two games you know what it's just I think it's an indication a lot of people are excited about what's going on people are taken aback by what Strevler's done people want to be excited about this full uh, this this football team we look back at what the hockey team did in the playoffs and hey there's a mood for a championship in this town and I'm telling you on Saturday night everybody wanted to know what happens when Chris Strevler uh, continues to do this and Matt Nichols is healthy to go the conversations beating had in the public and we certainly had to have it here Information is everywhere, and it can be hard to tell fact from fiction. You can depend on CJOB to keep you up to date on what is happening in Winnipeg. Global news on CJOB. More reporters asking more questions, getting you more answers. Welcome back to the Blue Bomber podcast with Doug Brown. Let's get back to the action. Three Manitobans maybe rewrote the history books Friday night. Three different Manitobans scoring touchdowns against the Montreal Alouettes and Keenan LaFrance, one of those individuals with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers scoring on a rushing play. They give it to Keenan LaFrance and he's in for the touchdown. Keenan LaFrance has his first touchdown as a Blue Bomber and the Bombers now have 55 points. Keenan, your first touchdown as a Blue Bomber. When I asked Bob Irving today when the last time was three Manitobans scored touchdowns for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, he figured it was in black and white days back in 1940, if it's in fact happened at all. Anything you guys were talking about Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Yeah, you know, that's that's a pretty crazy stat. I would never have guessed that myself, but uh, I guess to be part of that is pretty uh, pretty fun and pretty interesting. Um, you know, anytime you're part of uh, history, that, that makes for uh, good memories. It's part of the game plan, right? One to Harris, yeah. one to Dembski, one to you. Correct? That was all. Yeah. That was all. Paul Paul Eppley scripted that up, obviously for everyone. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> so first game, first touchdown, ten carries for fifty yards. Not a bad debut for you. Were you happy with your performance? Uh, you know, there's always room for improvement. Um, I think uh, I graded out pretty well, so that's for me. That's one of the uh, the big things. Um, anytime you're a part of a, a victory like that, it, it definitely feels good um, to be able to contribute towards the uh, team victory um, and get a touchdown towards it is definitely one of my goals. So, um, like I said, I'm just glad to be part of uh, the whole process, and I'm looking forward to building off of it. Maybe just to explain to our listeners, how is your running style? Would you say different from Andrew Harris? How do you differentiate yourself as a running back? Uh, you know, I think I think we're two completely uh, different backs, but uh, I, I like to consider myself as as pretty versatile, and and I think he would uh, he would say the same thing about his game. So maybe in that sense, um, you know, I, I like to be uh, a good blocker, a good runner, and good catcher. Um, that's something I really pride myself on. So um, if I can uh, attack those three three points in three phases of the game, then then that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm happy about. What do you like most about playing in this Paul Apolis offense? Oh, you know, I think, you know, honestly, this is just the beginning of it, and I haven't got to really experience the full uh, <clears throat> full uh, genius of his mind. But, um, you know, I, I think the guy, he's, he's intelligent, he's very smart when it comes to the game. He likes to spread the ball around. So um, even just sitting in on his meetings, I'm learning a ton of stuff. Um, 
So I think only, you know, it's only making me better as a player. And um, when I'm getting the opportunities to get in there, I think it's, uh, I think it's definitely going to help out uh, my game as well. So you're saying the entirety of the playbook has not been unleashed yet on the, uh, no, on the CFL. <laughs> definitely We're not. on chapter one, huh? Chapter, uh, maybe chapter two. Chapter two. That's outstanding. And uh, uh, Strebler, I just wanted to ask you about Strebler. No rookie coming into a league. You know, are, have you already bought the bill of goods on this guy? Is he, you know, is this it for him? For me, it takes at least four, five, six games of consistent performance before you can say, okay, we understand what this guy is all about. Are you already there with him, being that you've uh, practiced with him and been around him so much in practice? Uh, you know what, uh, like you said, it definitely takes a, a few weeks of consistent play to be able to classify yourself as a, a very good player in the league. Um, you know, he's been he's been opening the eyes of all the guys in the practice field. Um, after his performances in the game, I think he's definitely shown what he can do on the field as a starter. Um, you know, I think it definitely you have to build off of that and, and keep moving in the right direction. But uh, <clears throat> so far he's been doing a great job in the practice and in the games being a leader. And uh, just going out there and, and, and acting very poised and controlled in the, in the huddle. So I think yeah. he's doing a great job so far. And I think he, uh, again, like all of us, have, has a far way to go in order to, to really, um, you know, get to the point where we want to at the end of the season. But, um, you know, he's a great player and he's on his way for sure. That was going to be my last question for you. What is he like? What's his demeanor like in the huddle? Is he all, is he serious, all business, just authoritative out there? Is he loose? Is he relaxed? Is he cracking jokes? What's he like in terms of his uh, leadership style in the huddle? Yeah, you know, he, he's a very good guy. Um, that's what you can see off the field, and, and you definitely it translates to on the field. So um, in the huddle, everyone kind of knows that he's having fun out there and he's enjoying enjoying the process, enjoying his role. So um, for him to be calm and poised in the huddle <clears throat> definitely helps the um, demeanor of the of the team and the offense. Um and to have a quarterback like that is, uh, you know, is very important uh, for the leadership role. Hey, Keenan, and never mind uh, what Coach Doby has done over the last two decades at the University of Manitoba. Just talk a little bit about playing in the Winnipeg High School Football League, playing for the Rods before that, because what you and Nick and Andrew are doing is to to prove that you know young men from Winnipeg can really consider making an option if they want to uh, to play in the Canadian Football League or at another level altogether, as as we've seen with Jeff Gray. And yeah. geez, the list that kind of goes on, doesn't it? The list, yeah, the list definitely goes on. Um, David Onyemata down uh, playing for the Saints right now. Um, Israel Adonji, of course, another uh, Manitoba guy. But um, you know, I, I started football a little bit later, uh, playing one year of high school rods before that, um, and then moving on, kind of doing the, the typical Winnipeg um, high school football, junior football, and sticking around for University of Manitoba. Um, you know, looking at the uh, potential to maybe move forward and play CFL, uh, it was the guys like R.J. Cornish and uh, and then Harris in the later years that kind of opened that door and and uh, showed showed the ability for the transition from American to kind of kind of Canadian running back in the league. And um, it was definitely it was definitely motivating at that time in my life. And um, to be able to now kind of say that I've cracked cracked that. Uh, little bit of it as well um you know I, I hope that's motivating for the younger guys not only in winnipeg but uh, throughout the country so um you know the the task is never too big uh you just got to keep keep grinding away and the, the opportunities are going to come so um like uh johnny augustine the newer new up-and-coming guy um 
I've just, just been trying to be a mentor and leader towards him too and just like I said, just keep grinding away and eventually times will come. Well, uh, the passport's the passport's always been a big deal, but now the birth certificate is making a difference as well. And uh, really great to have you back in Winnipeg playing with the Blue Bombers, Keenan. This is something special, and we look forward to staying in touch with you throughout the year. Most definitely, yeah. I'm looking forward to this year. Great stuff, Keenan. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. So... The Blue Bombers going into Hamilton this Friday. Hamilton goes to Edmonton, beats the Eskimos 38-21, did a pretty good job. Jeremiah Mazzoli looked fairly good in that game. How bad are the Montreal Alouettes, and how good are the Hamilton Tiger Cats? Um, yeah, well, I think I think initially your estimation has to be, are the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this good, or is, was Montreal that bad? I, I think it's a combination of the two. I think uh, Winnipeg's going to be a pretty good team. I think Montreal is going to prove to be a very bad team. Um, Hamilton, like you say, it's early in the season, but Mazzoli has definitely put together some of the top quarterback performances we've seen thus far. And that's another scenario. I mean, you'd love to see that unfold here in Winnipeg, where you have your starting identified quarterback and another talented guy waiting for his opportunity behind him. And then you got a guy like Mazzoli who's going out there and saying, yeah, that's enjoy your uh, pick your spot there on the bench. Cause you're going to, you're going to need to be comfortable there for a while. Cause I'm not relinquishing this and his play is certainly reinforcing that. So this is another, uh, this is another big challenge, big step up for Winnipeg uh, going to Hamilton. Um, I think late last year, they, showed they were capable of turning a corner in terms of their performance. They've built off of that. Uh, it's not easy to defeat the Edmonton Eskimos, uh, the style, the way, the nature they did that. So uh, this is a team that's going to be feeling pretty good about itself. They're pretty balanced, uh, certainly more experienced at quarterback. And this is going to be a whole different kind of match. This isn't going to be playing Drew Willie anymore. Jeremiah Mazzoli's kind of playing out of his mind right now in terms of how he's also utilizing his legs and scrambling and running, finding guys on the move, extending a play just for an extra second or two, and making a play downfield. So this is a a great test and a nice little uh, increase in the in the competition for this club to see where they're at. The hashtag thank you Darren Durant was certainly trending Friday, Saturday and Sunday on Twitter here in Winnipeg. But you know, you you touched on the idea that having another quarterback to push you a little bit, Doug, is not a bad thing. We're certainly seeing it in Hamilton. We saw it with the hockey team with Connor Hellebuck having, you know, Steve Mason around. Competition internally drives for and creates a better football team, plain and simple, right? Yeah, for the most part, uh, that's always been true. The only time uh, a coach would ever default against that would be with the quarterbacks. For some reason, the quarterbacks always had to be, this is our guy. This is our guy going into camp. This is our... And I don't know why they have this sensibility where... The competition brings out the best in everyone, but not quarterbacks for some reason. I have no idea. So even in this scenario, it's not going to be spoken. I don't think anyone's going to say, hey, the job's up for grab." No, this is Matt Nichols' job. Sure, He's the franchise guy on this football team. But the reality situation is, yeah, your, your backup's playing well or has thus far played well. So that's just another motivating factor for whoever's... But it is interesting that you can get coaches to come out and say, hey, we're going to play the best players that give us an opportunity to win every week, except for a quarterback necessarily, because this is our guy. Unless you're Chris Jones. Yeah, or yeah, unless you're Chris (laughs) Jones. And it's like, we're going to play whatever quarterback 
that's going to give us the best chance to win in that quarter <laughs> or in that series. Yeah, yeah, the you next know, series he has no qualms whatsoever. <laughs> but most every other coach in the CFL is is like, well, you know, this. Uh, that's what you. That's what I can't stand about quarterbacks is that. Oh, this is our guy, you know. And so, yeah, you can't play well for 18 games. That's impossible. Like, why is it s- such a hard thing to do to pull the shoot on one guy and just bring somebody else in when it's not working? When they're not seeing things, I'll never understand that because it applies to every other position, pretty much on the football field. But if a quarterback's having a bad day, oh no, let's not say anything that might upset or offend him. So it's uh, it's something that supersedes the logic as far as I'm concerned. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers come home one and two or two and one, Doug. Wow. Um, man, going to Hamilton. I'm going to say, I don't even, I didn't even think who's going to win this game. Winnipeg in Hamilton. Let's just go with Hamilton right now just to see what happens. Doug Brown, it is the Blue Bomber Podcast with the Hall of Famer. I'm Greg Mackling. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. And thank you for sharing and rating the podcast. We remain the number one CGOB podcast. And that's thanks to you. We appreciate it. Thanks for spreading the love. And we'll catch you next week one more time. It is the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. The Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com.